Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, my next guest is an award winning salesperson, a team leader, senior manager, founder, strategist, and consultant. He helps clients, audiences build high performing teams and inspires next generation candidates to get to the next levels of their careers. His latest book, Unashamedly Superhuman Harness Your Inner Power and Achieve Your Greatest Professional and Personal Goals, has just been published. Um, big welcome from on down to business to Mr. Jim Steele. How are you, Jim? Yeah, very good, thanks. Looking forward to having a conversation with you. Now, let's start with the title of this book, um, yeah. Unashamedly Superhuman. Yeah. What's that all about? It sounds a little bit provocative, if I may say so. Well, provocative is a word I've selected, so I'm glad that that landed. Um, because, you know, no one's sitting there going, I'm superhuman, even though I think deep down we all quite like a bit of that. Um, I, I wanted to use that word to, again, to provoke people to think, well, what does that even mean? How does that relate, you know, to me as an individual? Um, and, and I think also the, the sort of dotted line to the, and I say loosely speaking, superhero world, um, which is not necessarily an interest, but as a metaphor, I thought it's quite interesting because most of those superheroes from our childhood, the magazines and the films, et cetera, we used to read and watch, they, they all have an origin story. Everyone loves an origin story, that moment where they suddenly become sort of, you know, better, smarter and stronger than the rest of us. Um, and trying to unpack that, I thought that would be quite interesting. Even right up to date, what's that film came out with Bradley Cooper, Limitless, where he just took a tablet and suddenly he had these, this tapped into every single ounce of his potential. And I suppose that's the link. You know, my focus with this book was to try and under, unpack what does that mean at a practical level? What is potential? How do we access you know, everything that we got available to us to, to help us respond to the, the many demands of the day, whether that be external or whether they're self-selected by our own goals. So, and by the way, I would say that even though superhuman is the grab, the more important word is unashamedly. You know, once we've established we have these remarkable systems built into us, you know, will I challenge myself? Will I, you know, unashamedly test myself and go and see how that shows up, you know, in my day? So that was the thinking behind the title okay. Unashamedly Superhuman. And the book is made up of three sections. Uh, you've got better tapping into potential, smarter tapping into mindset, and stronger tapping into physiology. Let's talk about those for a second. Great. Okay, well, tap, tap it into, into potential, so better. Okay, what, I'm, what I was trying to do with each of the sections is to demystify the sort of cliches that we hear you know, certainly from my, you know, I spend my, my life is in the corporate sector. So, you know, we've all heard about, come on, we've got to tap our potential. Or we've all heard about, you know, we've got to change our mindset or, you know, become more resilient. You know, and no one's arguing with that. But the problem is there's no value in those statements. It's a bit like I remember years ago, I had a, a sales manager, really great guy, good intentions. But after a full day of failure, I'd ring him up and say, you know, I've had a horrific day. I've sold nothing. I, you know, I'll be fine by tomorrow. And he'd try and motivate me. And, and he'd say things like, you know, come on, Jim, be from America. He'd go, come on, Jim, be positive. And it's like, yeah, I know I want to be positive, but I'm just not feeling very positive. You know, it's almost like, you know, do you ever get those days when you think, I've earned this depression and I'm going to have it, frankly. And the yeah, last thing I the do, last thing you want is some fella telling you you're great and, yeah, you know, on, the world's fantastic. Yeah, I, I absolutely get that. Where's your enthusiasm? And you're going, I know. What I wanted him to say to me was, Bobby, was, look, do these three things, Jim. Do this, this, and this. Do these things in this order and you're going to feel so focused 
you're going to want to make a call, right? That's what I wanted. And I wanted to take, you know, this book, you know, and instead of saying things like, you know, be the best you can be, I wanted to find, you know, 20, 30 hacks, like performance hacks that sit underneath being better, smarter, and stronger, the things we can go and test and, and, and use and actually get an impact on our performance. Um, so, you know, stronger, stronger, smarter, better is about pulling together, I suppose, two things. One is high performance, because that's always going to be required. But also, we're try- I'm trying to factor in well-being. And I don't mean well-being just as in, you know, self-care. I get that. That's maybe a whole different genre. For me and for my clients, well-being is a is something that facilitates more performance. It's like, how do you regroup, decompress, and reset so you go back in again? Because we set our set ourselves some demanding objectives, you know. So yeah, so tapping in was the was the word was the phrase that I used. Tapping into potential, tapping into mindset, tapping into physiology helps you to become you know better, smarter, and stronger. And when you talk about then, you know, given the best performance and also balancing that with well-being where does physical exercise come into it do you see that as being an essential component um, to 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 success regardless of what field you're in that's an interesting interesting question and it's not something that i would have considered before certainly certainly it features in the third section in stronger i thought you can't avoid i mean it's the big three right sleep nutrition and exercise and they're like barbed wire topics because when you start suggesting something everyone else has got a different way and it, and they've tried that and it didn't work so i was really careful how i approached that topic but as far as physical exercise goes i took on a, i took on a challenge when i when i took on the you know the the the, the challenge of writing the book I thought, what can I go and do over the next year that's so ridiculous for me that I'm going to have to learn some brand new strategies, some some new ways of living and approaching uh, this particular demand? And look, genuinely, Bobby, look, I wasn't into fitness that much. I just had a, a third, my you were third smoking bags and drinking red wine before I, I, I you took the tri- triathlon. And, and I got no problem with that. Look, each to their own by the way, but it wasn't conducive to doing an Ironman triathlon, right? And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to learn some new ways of operating. So, I, I you know, the, the book isn't about me doing an Ironman triathlon. I use it purely as a metaphor for provocation to go, whoa, now i got to go and learn. Now I've got to go and find new systems, new ways of responding to pressure because taking on that, that challenge in the physical condition I was in was not only ridiculous, I had no starting point. So, it provided a nice backdrop for me to go and learn. So to your point about exercise, yeah, I think, you know, exercise is one of those con- you know, conducive elements that generates energy. And, and I think high performance is oftentimes a measure of our ability to manage our energy levels because everything takes energy, whether it's physical or mental exertion. You say, Jim, that you're trying to show the readers as well in the book uh, how to minimize distraction, eliminate unnecessary uncertainty, and indecision and reveal what they are truly capable of. How do you find out what you're truly capable of? Yeah, that's a great question. Again, I mean, look, there's two ways you can look at this. First of all, you look at the goals, the goals we set. There's a a, a guy I was um, looking into, some of the work he did. He works for Deloitte. Deloitte are a big client of mine too. In fact, I'm off in the States on, on this Sunday for a program over there. There's a guy called John Hagel. He headed up the center for the edge. And he did a global study for the most innovative, high-performing teams. And what he found was they all seemed to find a way to tap into this slightly elusive mindset called flow or being in the zone. 
we're all aware of it and we've all probably experienced it. But the question is, how do you access it? And some of the work that he was doing said that one of the common denominators was the way in which people set goals. So they set goals that stretch them, but don't snap them, right? Goals that kind of, they don't keep them up at night, but it they gets them up in the morning, right? The sort of goals that are exciting, that are just outside of our grasp. So, you know, how do I find out how good I am? Well, I need, I need stress, situational stress, taps into the neural pathways in our brain to create new ways of doing and seeing things. So he was talking about getting alignment around some goals that are big enough to push you, to challenge you, but not so big that they overwhelm you, right? Um, and and I, in the book, I talk about goal stacking. So step one is to get a sort of direction of travel. It's sort of like a purpose, something that's that's intrinsically motivating. It's not it's not a target. It could be something that, oh, for me, it's just to continue to explore, you know, the edges of human potential. That's not a target, but I love that concept. So that kind of guides me. That's my direction of travel. And then you drop underneath that one or two what I call mission critical goals. And these are the sort of six to twelve month goals you got. So for me, at the time writing the book, it was writing the book, doing an Ironman triathlon, and rebuilding my business for obvious reasons. So they were my mission critical goals. But then if you want to get into flow and get into the zone, you've got to drill it then down into the daily activities. What are your daily goals that get your attention? And, and to your point about distraction, you know, I, I, I asked this question on a, a podcast recently, what price for your attention? You know, there was a great article by Justin Rosenstein in The Guardian, where he talked about how Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, Google programmers were were disconnecting themselves from the very platforms that they made so addictive, right? In other words, he even associated Snapchat to a class A drug. And he should know because he designed the like button. It was his. It was originally called the awesome button. Now, when you think about this, right, research shows we're doing two, three hours a day on social media. They reckon we're doing 2,600 taps and swipes a day. Right. Our attention is a commodity that everyone wants a piece of. So the problem with that is when you get back to flow and getting in the zone, distraction fractures our ability to stay in the flow. Right. So how do we stay tuned in a world of noise? And we have to protect our attention. We've got to resist those spontaneous urges to check Instagram, to, to look at that random text, to go for a snack. You know, those things don't contribute to a predetermined bout of work. So I talk about a, a hack called focus sprinting. You know, we know what a sprint is, like a, it's a burst of energy. Well, a focus sprint is you carve out a block of time, 60 to 90 minutes, and you take out all distraction. You have absolute clarity on your objective, what you're trying to achieve, what the outcome is for you, and then you ensure that nothing gets in the way, no notifications. And what starts to happen is your brain tightens the focus and you start to recruit the neural circuits that enhance concentration and focus, and you find yourself getting into this zone. So there are very practical strategies in okay. the book how to do that. Tell me this, um, and when we talk about burnout, do you, do you think the age of burnout is over or all those distractions that you talk, just talked about, do they enhance burnout? Yeah, no question. And I mean, look, burnout back in the 90s was a badge of honor. You know, it was, it was almost like first in, last out. In the, the one that was exhausted was the hero. Now, fortunately, our, our collective mindset has changed on that. And we know people get hurt. Um, is burnout a thing of the past? Hi, highly unlikely, I would suggest, because 
the distractions are ever increasing, right? So managing that, it's a bit like if you have um, you know noise cancelling headphones on, the batteries wear out just blocking out noise and not, not even doing anything. So our mind and our brain is not dissimilar. You know, we're using energy just blocking out distractions. So this is why, you know, focus sprinting, getting rid of the distractions is a good for our cognitive ability. But but also I heard a really interesting phrase, um, a guy called Michael Gervais, he's a performance consultant in the US, works for an American football team. Anyway, nice quote where he said, high performers do two things every day. One, they push themselves to the edge of their ability. And two, they recover in a world-class way. And I love that phrase, they recover in a world-class way. And I talk a lot about this in the book about, you know, in terms of building strength or resilience, it's not just about grit. It's also about what is your practical process and strategy to recover? If you're going to do 90 minutes focused work, I don't care whether you're stressed because we're stressed out or we're stressed due to our, our focus because look, being in the zone is exhausting too. We have to plug in two or three 20-minute active recovery breaks during the day, which cause us to decompress, reset, and rejuvenate ourselves before we go back in again. So I think burnout is 100% avoidable. I don't think stress is what gets you. I think the lack of recovery is what takes people down. Okay. Really well, listen, it's a fascinating you. subject, and we could talk all day. Yeah, uh, my guest is Jim Steele. His latest book, Unashamedly Superhuman, uh, Harness Your Inner Power and Achieve Your Greatest Professional and Personal Goals. Uh, best of luck with all that, Jim, and thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, thank you. Much appreciate it. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.